We are going to conclude the book of Proverbs tonight, after all these many chapters. And of all things, chapter 31 concludes talking about a virtuous woman, a godly woman. And so uh, we're going to do it a little different tonight. Uh, You're actually going to hear from uh, Ben a little bit. You're going to hear from Matt Carnes, and then you're going to hear from me. Uh, And they're going to share from their perspective what is a godly woman, what is a virtuous woman. Uh, Of course, um, you know, when I asked them, uh, I said, you know, about five minutes or so, maybe ten minutes. But then Ben uh, got back with me and said he needed more time since his wife was so virtuous. Uh, And then and then he texted me and told me that his wife told him to say that. Now, I'm telling the truth, aren't I, brother? Yeah, I really am. I don't lie about things like this. But I think she was just teasing. I I really think so. So anyway, we're going to do it that way. And I told him, I I said, uh, I'm going to let Matt go first. And then I'm going to let Brother Ben. And then I'm going to bat clean up in whatever messes they've made. I'm going to try and, uh, especially Matt, we've got to make sure he just doesn't go overboard, you know. I'm not even going to tell you what he said when I asked him today what he was going to do. I'm not even going to say that, you know. Did you tell your wife what you told me? Oh, my goodness. You actually told her that? That was good. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's pray. We need prayer for this. Thank you, Lord. We, we love you, Lord, and, and we have loved studying your word, the book of wisdom. And, Lord, I thank you that as we conclude uh, the study of book of Proverbs, that we have gained great insight and wisdom from your Holy Spirit. And Lord, I ask you to speak uh, through me and Brother Ben and Brother Matt as we share what is a godly woman, what's a virtuous woman. We bless your name tonight. Thank you for your faithfulness. Lead us by your Spirit, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right. Good. All right, Matt. Come on. Yeah. Now, if he goes too long, uh, do you have a hook? It's in his office. <laughs> no hook needed. No hook needed, huh? Okay. I've been blamed for being too quick, not usually for being too long. Okay, so a uh, virtuous woman. And, you know, it's funny. We I say it's funny. Um, this is obviously a common, a common uh, theme, something that Rachel and I have talked about a lot over the years. And, you know, there's always a lot of jokes that come from this set of scriptures, and we have a lot of fun with it. And, of course, since, you know, the last day or so when we were talking about this, there was lots of opportunities for me to point out to her, you know, what a virtuous woman looked like. And I don't know if it was by chance or not, but this morning she was up really early. She was up really early. No, I'm picking. She was up early, but she actually does that quite often. Um, so the first thing I wanted to I wanted to talk about is when I when I think about a virtuous woman, and I think about it today in our culture, I just see such a clash of how this woman is described and how our culture describes a woman and says what a woman is and what she's supposed to do and how she's supposed to act. And it's really sad, obviously, in a lot of ways um, because. 
This is a picture of what God desires for us. Um, and our culture says the complete opposite. So there's a clash. And I see it even in our church. And when I say our church, I mean the body of Christ in that the same thing happens. You know, there's this, this idea that creeps in, um, you know, call it woman power, call it she can do what she wants. She doesn't need the man. And I don't, come that, I don't say that from a perspective that a woman is not able to do what Christ has designed her to do. But the idea is he created us to work in, in marriage, in union with one another, so that we build up one another. And what I think is so exciting about a virtuous woman, and what I think is so cool about what happens, is that when a man of God is doing what he's supposed to do, then it makes it so much easier for that virtuous woman to come alongside and for those traits to take place and for, that, and for God to move in her life. So my first point is, is that a virtuous woman does not fear her future. The virtuous woman does not fear her future. And verse 25 tells us that strength and dignity are her clothing. And she laughs at a time to come. That's such a powerful scripture because strength and dignity, first of all, that shows us right there, guys, that, that a woman designed by God has strength and has dignity. She has a place and she has power in that position. And then she laughs at the times to come. You know, she doesn't fear what the future has because her heart and her mind is focused on her Savior and in Christ. You know, I think about whenever Rachel and I had first gotten married and we were, we were pregnant for uh, Luke. And we had some, comp- prior to that, we had complications. And even in that, in that um, the beginning of that pregnancy, there was a lot of complications. And I just saw it as a huge turning point in our life, not only, not only in her life as I watched it unfold, but in ours as a, as a couple and in our marriage because I saw her in a place where she fully had to rely and trust and fear in God and who he was in her life. You know, and look, we look back now, 10 years from now, and we've got just an amazing boy, you know, just a gift from God. But just what a turning point it was in our life for us to, to have that fear, to have that knowledge of who God is and the power that he had in our lives. The second point is a virtuous woman fears the Lord. A virtuous woman fears the Lord. In verse 30 says, Charm is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. And what's so cool about verse 30, it's the second to last part of this whole, of this whole book, and it references us back to Proverbs 1-7 where it says that the fear of God is the beginning of knowledge. And guys, that's where true wisdom, that's where true fear, that's where it comes in when we're in alignment with God in our life. And a woman that fits that mold, that is a virtuous woman, it says she's to be praised. Because in her life, she points people to Christ. In her life, the things that happen around her, she points to Christ. Because she has a wisdom and she has the fear and the knowledge of who God is in her life. She's not intimidated by that situation because Christ has done a change and has done a work in her life. And the third point is a virtuous woman brings up the people around her in Christ. Verse 23 says, her husband is known in the gates when he sits among the elders of the land. And that says something for the husband. But what I think what's, what's interesting about this verse, part of his escalation in society and who he is at the gate is because also who his wife is. That she's known as a virtuous woman in that town. And then when he sits there, he sits in a place of, of authority. He sits there in a place of dignity because what he has back at home and the relationship that he has with his wife is solid. It's built on Christ. It's there, and, they, and people recognize that who he is also is representative of who she is. 
And then next is her children. Verse 28 says, her children rise up and call her blessed. And her husband also, and he praises her. Her children. You know, you can go around, you can go around this church, you can go around society, and you can, you can see in the lives of children what kind of parents they have. And you can pick out very easily when you have children that have a mom and a mother that's following Christ. You know, she, those kids just follow her around. Those kids, yes, they're kids, and yes, they still do things they're not supposed to do. But the idea is you can tell that they are just comfortable in the place where they are because of who their mom is, because of who that virtuous woman is in her life. Now, Michael, I want to close up with this because I don't want to let you husbands off the hook. You know, I think so many times, and this is where, and it can be fun at times, but sometimes I think it can go too far. But we've got to be careful as husbands not to use Proverbs 31 as this measuring stick for our wives or for the women in our lives. Because the idea is there's a whole list of things that we're going to go through tonight in this passage. Um, and, yes, they're all, they're all great. And, yes, they would, I'm sure every woman here would love to have every one of those attributes at all times. But the reality is, is we don't. But we've got to look at the heart of the person. And we've got to look, you know, when you're in a relationship with your wife, you've got to look for opportunities to build value in her life based on a Proverbs 31 woman. When you see something that she does in her life that's representative of this woman, it's your responsibility as the husband to point that out, to praise that, and to lift that up in her life. You know, Psalms 128.3 is a great verse. It says, it says, your wife will be like a fruitful vine within your house. And the rest of it, the second part of that goes into your children. But right there, she's a fruitful vine. Well, in order to be a fruitful vine, guys, she's got to grow on something. She's got to be supported by something. She's got to have something that she can wrap around and something that can hold her in that place. And that person is you men, you husbands in this room. You've got to be in that place so that you can empower her, so that you can allow the Holy Spirit to work in her life and allow her to be that virtuous woman. So as we go through the rest of the night, we're going to get a bunch of different perspectives of it. But the idea is here is look for opportunities. Look for opportunities to build value in your wife and in the women around you in your life. And now I'm going to give it to Pastor Ben. Amen. Okay, well, I have my three points as well because every good preacher has three points. You know, I, when Pastor Renee had sent a text message last night, you know, I thought about um, the only person I can think about as a virtuous woman is my wife. And so and I, but I didn't want to get up here and use her as an example over and over again and talk about how great she is because her head might get too big. But that's my only context is my wife. And I, I, she, she is a virtuous woman. And so I'm not going to specifically talk about my wife. We're going to talk about it in a generic sense. But if you were to ask me what a virtuous woman is, I would have to say, look at Estelle. That's what I would say. If you were living with her, you would know that to be true. But in a, in a generic sense, what is a virtuous woman? Well, for me, Proverbs 31:26 says this. It says, when she speaks, her words are wise, and she gives instructions with kindness. That's such a great scripture right there. When she speaks, her words are wise. And husbands, you know when your wife speaks and her words are wise, and you know instantly when her words are wise, right? Whenever you don't agree with those words or, or you're trying to prove your point and she speaks up and you're like, oh, goodness, <laughs> I know she's right. I know she's speaking truth, but it's not what I want to hear when she speaks. That's a virtuous woman. 
And so where does wisdom come from? It comes from the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And where, where does wisdom come from for those who fear God? Those who fear God go to God's word. So that, that's kind of my, my first view of a virtuous woman. A virtuous woman fears the Lord and honors his word. Fears the Lord and honors his word. And so I just, when I, th- I can't help but talk about my wife. I'm sorry. I just been married for thir- 13 years to her. And this is one attribute in her life that is so convicting to me. And this is a, a goal, women, this, this it should be a goal in, in, in your life, in, in men, it should be a goal in our life, that we make the word of God a priority in our life. And when I'm struggling in, in situations about knowing what to do, she's, she's in the word and she's speaking truths and she's reminding me of what God's word says. That is a virtue. Now, just a little caution, women, in this issue of uh, speaking God's word to your husband. It says, let's go back to that verse. It says, when she speaks, her words are wise, and she gives instructions with kindness. With kindness. And so sometimes, whenever the people in your life, whether it's your children, or it's your husband, your hard-headed husband, you have to be careful with the way you phrase things and how, and how, and how you say the truth of God's word. But a virtuous woman fears the Lord and honors his word. And when she speaks, her words are filled with wisdom. Secondly, Proverbs 31, 11 this is a really neat one. It says, her husband can trust her, and she will greatly enrich his life. So, so secondly, what I see in this verse is that a virtuous woman is a trustworthy refuge. A trustworthy refuge. I just think about that, how amazing it is to have a, a wife that you can go to and you can trust and you can know that she is there for you through thick or through thin. You know, men, when we go to work, and we're around a bunch of men, and men are not sensitive, and they're harsh, and they're rough. We need a refuge, a place to go to where we know somebody actually cares for us and is not out to, to just meet their own needs. And a virtuous woman is a woman who is gentle, who is kind, who is a refuge, who is a place of safety for their husband. And um, this, is, this is my wife. She's going to be mad at me after. I'm sorry. She told me not to. I, so I can't help it. Oh, just got to praise her. She's just wonderful. I love my wife. But that's, that, that's a virtuous woman, a place of refuge, a place of safety. You know, when, when we come home from work, we just need a break. We need somebody that we can vent to, that we can say, this is what I've experienced. This is what I've gone through. And a virtuous woman is that place of safety. Amen? Thirdly, Proverbs 31.23 says this, Her husband is well known in the city gates, and Matt had talked about this. Her husband is well known at the city gates where he sits with the other civic leaders. And so as Matt talked about that, I think what this is a picture of is that this virtuous woman lives and presents her life in such a way that doesn't bring shame to her husband. Lives in such a way that brings honor to her husband. And whenever he's at the city gates and he's around all these other men who are married to women that are crazy, and they're talking about, man, I wish I had a wife like that guy has. It brings, it brings him honor. And people, people respect him because he is married to a virtuous woman. And I, I love what Matt said when he started out. There is a contrast in our culture between what a woman, what a woman should be, what she should look like, and how she should act. And, you know, if, if our little girls watch anything on TV or listen to 
anything from the entertainment industry about how a woman should be and how she should act. Everything primarily is focused in two areas. Matt talked about the first one, this idea that women have to fight for authority. And then the other issue is their outward appearance. The idea is that the sum total of a woman is how she looks on the outside. But that is, that's not biblical. First Peter chapter three, and we talked about this last Sunday. First Peter three, three through five, speaking to wives. It says, don't be concerned about the outward beauty of fancy hairstyles, expensive jewelry, or beautiful clothes. And every man says, amen, right? Don't be concerned about that, women. Amen. You should rather clothe yourselves instead with the beauty that comes from within. The unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is so precious to God. This is how the holy women of old made themselves beautiful. I think that's such a perfect picture. You know, a, a woman is not beautiful because of how she looks on the outside. The standard of beauty, what makes a woman beautiful, it has changed throughout generations. And no, and, and who's the judge of the standard? Who gets to say that this is what makes a woman beautiful? God's word says that what's, what makes a woman beautiful is what is on the inside of her heart, her godly character, her godly attitude, her desire to fear the Lord, to honor his word, to be a refuge, a refuge for her husband. These are the virtues that make a woman beautiful. So, ladies, hear me. How you look on the outside and your appearance, I know it's like talking to the wind, but it is not the end all. And if you're married to a man, men, if you make your wife feel like that, I'm sorry, it's the, it's the wrong approach. You should value your wife for how God made her. She is made in the image of God, and the thing that you should encourage her to be is a virtuous, godly woman. Never, never hold her up and put her up against the standard of what our culture tries to make women. Amen? That's all I got. All right, what I want us to do, I want us to read the whole chapter uh, in context, and then I want to come back, and I'm going to back clean up here and, and make a couple of other uh, mentions. Uh, first few verses from verse 1 to 9 actually don't talk about a virtuous woman, but we're going to go ahead and read them so we can cover the whole chapter. But these are subjects that have been covered before. So let's go ahead and go from 1 all the way down to 31. The sayings of King Lemur contain this message which his mother taught him. O my son, son of my womb, son of my vows, do not waste your strength on women, on those who ruin kings. It is not for kings, O Lemuel, to guzzle wine. Rules, rulers should not crave alcohol. For if they drink, they may forget the law and not give justice to the oppressed. Alcohol is for the dying and wine for those in... I guess we missed the rest of that. Let them drink to their poverty uh, and remember their troubles no more. Speak up for those who cannot uh, speak for themselves. Ensure justice for those being crushed. Yes, speak up for the poor and the helpless and see that they get justice. And now we begin from 10 all the way down to 31. It talks about the woman, a virtuous woman. So let's read the whole thing and then I'm going to come back and talk about a few areas. Who can find a virtuous and capable wife? She is more precious than rubies. That's where the men say amen. Uh, Her husband can trust her. She will greatly enrich his life. 
Verse 12, she brings him good, not harm, all the days of, his li- of her life. She finds wool and flax and busily spends it. She is like a merchant ship bringing her food from afar. She gets up before dawn to go to prepare breakfast and go to the, the garage sales for her household and plan the day's work for her servant girls. And my wife asked me the other day, where are my servant girls? Yeah, you, you, you're looking for the servant girl, I know. She goes to inspect a field and buys it. With her earnings, she plants a vineyard. She is energetic and strong, a hard worker. She makes sure her dealings are profitable. Her lamp burns late into the night. Her hands are busy spinning thread, her fingers twisting fiber. She extends a helping hand to the poor and opens her arms to the needy. Uh, and I, I, I got to that point today, and I thought after that, I thought, and she's tired too. She has no fear of winter for her household, for everyone has warm clothes. She makes her own bedspreads. She dresses in fine linen and purple gowns. Her husband is well known at the city gates where he sits with the other civic leaders. She makes belted linen garments. She's busy making a lot. She makes belted linen garments and sashes to sell it to the merchants. She is clothed with strength and dignity, and she laughs about without fear of the future. When she speaks, her words are wise, and she gives instructions with kindness. She carefully watches everything in her household and suffers nothing from laziness. Her children stand and bless her. Her husband praises her, and this is how he praises her. There are many virtuous and capable women in the world, but you surpass them all, sweetheart. Charm is deceptive, and beauty does not last, but a woman who fears the Lord will be greatly praised. Reward her for all she has done. Let her deeds publicly declare her praise. What a powerful declaration. You know, and I, when I first looked at this, I, I had to ask myself, God gave us the book of Proverbs, and it's the book of wisdom. And so I immediately asked, Lord, why did you end the book of wisdom talking about a godly woman or a virtuous woman? And the very first answer that came to my heart was that when you are virtuous, the end result of that is wisdom. And when you walk in God's wisdom, you will be virtuous. They are synonymous. You know, virtue is character. It is the character of God. And so I think God was trying to teach us and trying to say to us uh, and really going against the culture of the, of the Jewish idea uh, that really the man is the king. You know, he's the one that's exalted. He's the one who's praised. But here he takes the time to talk about a godly woman, a virtuous woman. And I thought, how empowering for ladies. You know, and I I do agree with what Brother Matt and and Ben said, and that is our culture today is... I call it the feminization of men and the masculization of women. It tries to make women masculine. You look at a lot of these uh, action movies today. The heroes are women. 
And they're able to beat everybody. They're able to beat all the men. They whoop up on all the men. And they're the most powerful, wonderful thing in the world. And the men are all just kind of, oh, I don't know what I'm going to do. You know, 40 years ago, it was the other way. And it's interesting how that our culture is so driven to want to have women to have their rights and to be, quote, equal, that it wants to put men down and it wants to exalt women to be like men. And yet, this is what God says. This is a virtuous woman. It's not somebody who can have two guns and five swords and kill everybody and and, and, and be the most uh, demonic-looking thing in the world. You know, God wanted us to understand what a virtuous, a godly woman was. So they had three things each. I have six things that I want to share with you. I'm going I'm to go fairly quick. But uh, six things that I see in here, and I, I'm trying to see several areas. But before I get to those six areas, I just want to read two verses from Proverbs. It's 19, uh, verse 14 says, Fathers can give their sons an inheritance of houses and wealth, but only the Lord can give an understanding wife. And I just want to say, boy, that is the truth. Only the Lord can give you an understanding wife. And the other is Proverbs 18.22. It says, the man who finds a wife finds a treasure, and he receives favor from the Lord. Ties in with chapter 19 that we just read. It's from the Lord. God gives us a wife. And men, if God gives you a gift, you need to treasure that gift. Amen? So I want to show you six things that I see in here about a godly woman. I'm going to call her a godly woman um, instead of a virtuous woman. It's the same thing, basically. Number one, and that is a godly woman is trustworthy at all times. And when I say trustworthy, I mean, I believe that's a woman that has her trust in God. And when your trust is in God, I believe you will be trustworthy. The verses that relate to this, uh, verse 10 and 11, it says, Who can find a virtuous woman and capable wife? She's more precious than rubies. Her husband can trust her, and she will, be, she will greatly enrich his life. Trustworthiness. Uh, and I really believe, whether it's a man or woman, it comes from God. If your trust is in God and you're putting your hope in him, then I want to tell you, you will be trustworthy to other people. You will be trustworthy in your job. You'll be trustworthy in everything you do because your trust is in the Lord and you recognize you're representing the Lord. The second thing, and that is a godly woman, is diligent. Diligent. And you, you, I was jo- joking a minute ago about all the things this virtuous woman does. She's got to be tired. I mean, she gets up early in the morning. She's out doing uh, errands. She's making things all the time. And how does that relate to us? Well, that related to that culture. Because, first of all, you couldn't go out and buy wool. You couldn't go and buy what you wanted. You had everything you had, you had to make it yourself. And actually, a lot, you know, early in our, in our country, in the early 1900s, that's the way it was. But then we became manufacturing nation and we began to manufacture clothes and all the things. And now we're able to buy a lot of those things. So the culture has changed. 
but it was not available. So if they were going to have anything for the home, the, the wife had to make whatever they had. So that's the reason it mentions that a wife, she's going to make sure, a godly woman is going to make sure her, her family is taken care of. And so here again, a godly woman is diligent. Look just verse 13 through 13, 14, and 15. She finds wool and flax, busily spins it. She's like a merchant ship bringing her food from afar. She gets up before dawn to prepare breakfast, just like I think you said Rachel was up before breakfast, up before dawn to prepare breakfast for her household and plan the day's work for her servant girls. Do you have any servant girls, uh, Rachel? Oh, yeah, Jamie. <laughs> yeah. yeah my, uh, what's interesting, when we went over to Africa, having a servant girl was very normal. Almost everybody there had, and that was a whole industry. Uh, and what are they, that girl is called, a, is it a, not a servant girl, but a, I can't remember, but they have a name for it and everything, and house girl. Uh, and there's a whole industry, and that's, I guess you would call it in our uh, understanding, someone who goes and cleans houses, but the, she's referred to as a house girl and a big industry, uh, and almost everybody there has a house girl, and that was a way a lots of, of the ladies made their uh, living was by being a house girl. She would go clean, and she would cook, and she would take care of the home, maybe take care of the kids, uh, whatever else, and then that that woman, maybe she's working outside or something like that. So, you know, again, there has to be a sense of diligence. Uh, and you'll notice the qualities that I'm mentioning here really apply to the men and women. This is not a unique woman trait. Men need to be trustworthy. Men need to be diligent, too. You cannot be lazy and have a household that is going to prosper. You just can't. Uh, you know, and, and again, a lot of times I remember my mom was up before, uh, before dark, before the sun came up and she was making bread. You know, she would make a, a loaf of bread, uh, almost every other day, uh, because it was cheaper than buying bread at the store. And so that was one of the things that she did. And we had, you know, fresh made bread, uh, it's just if your family is going to be fed, the clothes were going to be mended, you have to be diligent. You have to work at that. And I think, again, there's that sense of if you're a man and you're working a job, there's a sense of should be a sense of diligence because I believe everything we do, we represent the Lord. If you work at a job, then I think your workmanship and the way you do that job should reflect well on the Lord and when your boss looks at what you're doing then he thinks okay that's a good worker that that guy's a, a, a diligent worker but to me that reflects on the Lord because if they know you're a Christian then they're they put synonymous with a Christian and a diligent worker and that's the way it should be again it applies to a woman a woman, a godly woman, a virtuous woman is a diligent woman. She's working. She has to get up early. Sometimes she stays up late, but she does what's necessary for her family. The third thing uh, that, I, that I see in this uh, for a godly woman is that she is wise with finances. Look, if you would, to 16, 17, and 18. She goes to inspect a field and buys it. 
with her earnings. She plants a vineyard. She's energetic and strong, a hard worker. She makes sure her dealings are profitable. Her lamp burns late into the night. The idea there burns late into the night. Why? Because she's working on the financial aspects of what deals she's working on. And again, a lot of those, that stuff is being done by the woman in this, cult, this culture because the man is out doing uh, whatever he has to do. He may be out in the field plowing and sowing and, and doing whatever he has to do in the field. And if any of this other stuff has to be done, the woman would have to do it. So again, I think a virtuous, a godly woman, you have to be wise in your finances. And I, I'll just say this as far as a, uh, just encouragement to the men. Men, uh, when your wife makes wise deals and sp- makes that money extend, compliment your wife for that, you know. And when she doesn't make a good deal, uh, don't, don't say too many bad things. But at the same time, you know, a husband and wife, they have to work together to make sure, you know, hey. And a lot of times if we're going through a thing, you know, right now is, uh, taxes is a big thing, getting ready for the end of the, ta- end of the year taxes and things like that. So, you know, that's where a husband and wife get together and say, sweetheart, we need to kind of hold back here and, not, you know, make the do, make do on this because we've got to make room for this. And that's the way a husband and wife work together. And I think a godly woman is someone who is wise with her finances. And sometimes that does mean going to garage sales and making your money last and doing whatever you have to do. But I believe that is characteristic, uh, you know. And again, going back to the culture of today, what would a what would you say the the TV uh, personality? What is the image that they give of a quote uh, a really wonderful woman? What's what? Are, what are the things that they extol? I, I know it's not these things. Anybody? Beauty got to be beautiful, so they focus in on the beauty. And of course, then you got the clothes, you got the makeup, you got the hair, and you got everything's got to be just right. Sexy emphasizes she's got to be this beautiful, sexy woman. Penny popularity got to be popular and and in order to be popular you have to do what everybody else is doing and i never will forget i was talking to a a lady one time and she was just talking about all the struggles she was having i've got to take this son to this ball practice and then i got to take my daughter over here and do this and and then i got to take them and i got to get them and then we got to go over here and do that and then we got to this and we got a dance recital and then we're going over here and we do, and and she and she says we, and then she came back and she said and we can't afford to do all these things and i'm wearing myself out doing them and i'm going you know, I, I finally I said, well, why are you doing it? And she thought about it a minute. And she said, well, all my other friends, that's what they're doing. And it goes back to that desire to be popular. And to be popular, you have to do what everybody else is doing. And I just want to say to you, you don't have to match or do what everybody else is doing. Be, be willing to be different. Diane? Yeah. 
Right. Yeah, that, that's very well uh, spoken, I think, that that is the emphasis of the world. But even from just, just from Proverbs 31, you can tell that's not God's emphasis. It is who we are on the inside. It is the character, the nature, uh, the diligence. You know, you know, a man is trying, or husband and wife, you know, they're making a decision who to marry, and they start dating one another. And so many times they focus their dating mentality on how they look, what kind of status they have, how much money they have, what, what do they own, what do they drive. And if you focus on those things, and if you marry based on those criteria, what if they're rotten on the inside? What if it's a wife beater and, and a, a drunk and a, and a thief and, a, you know, all kinds of terrible character qualities that are not good at all, and yet they were good-looking, they were, you know, accepted, they had great status. So you, we have to, in a sense, forget what the world focuses on and really focus on what God does. Penny? You have to be successful. And success is job. It's done by what you drive, what you li- where you live, you know, all the things you own, when in reality, none of that really matters. And a lot of them, they're, they're in debt up to their heel to get all that stuff they own anyway. Yes? Yeah. Yeah. And 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 it's it's a lot of times it's always a cut down putting down the other person. You know, Bible tells us we should be building one another up, not sarcastic remarks of putting everybody down. So it's almost like everything the world tells you to do, don't do that. And what God's Word says, that's what we want to do. Uh, the fourth thing that I had here, and that is a godly woman ministers to others. And you see that in verse 19 and 20. It says, her hands are busy spinning thread, her fingers twisting fiber. She extends a helping hand to the poor and opens her arms to the needy. So I think a godly woman and a godly man is someone who is willing to help others. You You want to minister to others. You see that the... The purpose in life is how you're able to impact the lives of other people, not how people think you're a wonderful person. Are you so good looking? Are you gotten money? Or you've got all the status? That's that's what the world focuses. But you have to say, you know, that my heart is I want to be a blessing to other people. And if if you want to. Let's say you want to do well financially. I think that's that's a good thing. But really, our goal to do well financially is so that you can have enough to meet the needs of your home and bless others. That should be our goal. That we can be a blessing to when we meet people and they're hurting so we can help them. We can be a blessing to them. And and that's our goal as a church. You know, we love, I, I love, you know, when we're able to be a blessing to other people. You know, and, and we uh, we had a staff lunch today, um, and 
someone mentioned, I believe it was Brother Clyde mentioned how that we, you know, we've taken three offerings, special offerings recently. And first one was for all the flood victims. Uh, we took almost $17,000 for that. Then we took up an offering for the Kenya ministry, uh, took $10,000. Uh, I think we had a, another offering just the other day uh, for first of the month offering to give and help people in our church who are hurting. We, I think we had almost $5,500 given. So our church is so giving and so generous uh, to, to when it comes to trying to be a blessing to other people. And to me, that is the heart of being a virtuous person, a woman, a godly man. Uh, is that you want to be a blessing to other people. Uh, the fifth thing, and that is a godly woman is beautiful. But it's not the beauty that the world says. And, and I love this verse. It's verse 22. And it says, she makes her own bedspreads, but this is the part. She dresses in fine linen and purple gowns. You know, and I think the the, the idea there is that you know, she makes her own clothes, but she is a beautiful person. And it has nothing to do with whether she's good looking or not. It is a beautiful person as someone who is doing all these other things. And so I think a virtuous woman is a beautiful person. And when you say that person is beautiful, our thinking should be not necessarily on how they look, but who they are as a person. And I think a godly woman, a virtuous woman, is a beautiful woman, but it's within the context of what God calls beauty. And then the last thing I see here, and that is a godly woman, is to be appreciated. Ladies, isn't that right? Don't you like to be appreciated? And uh, don't be one of those men that says, well, you know, I love you. I told you four years ago. You know, uh, don't, don't be like, don't be like that. You know, like uh, the the husband that says, "Well, now this is the truth." When we when we first time we had a hard time believing when we went to Africa, and um, we took pictures, had a little banquet. We took pictures of the husband and the wife, and uh, we encouraged them while they're taking pictures to kiss their wife. And we found out that that time when they kissed their wife was the first and only time they had ever kissed their wife. And they just, you know, I guess they didn't get to kiss their wife at their wedding. And they just, you know, it's just a show of affection is not done. But those who believe in Christ are learning better. You know, we are learning that that part of who we are as Christians is to appreciate and to show your appreciation to the other person, whether it's just an individual or a friend or someone you appreciate. But if you're it's your husband, appreciate your husband, ladies and men, appreciate your wives. And the verse there, it really goes from all the way from 25 down to 31. It kind of talks about the same thing. She's clothed with strength and dignity. And she laughs about without fear of the future. When she speaks, her words are wise. And she gives instruction with kindness. We've talked about that. She carefully watches everything in her household. Suffers nothing from laziness. Her children stand and bless her. Um, Her husband praises her. Don't you love it? You know, 
What a great thing to teach your children when your mom, when their mom comes in, stand up. Stand up and respect to your mom, also the husband. And speak well of your mom or your husband or your wife. Speak well. Her husband praises her. There are many, this is just an example, there are many virtuous and capable women in the world, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceptive. Beauty does not last, but a woman who fears the Lord will be greatly praised. Reward her for all she has done. Let her deeds publicly declare her praise. Notice it's not her words, but it's her deeds. Her actions declare who she is. Okay. How else can we be a godly person, a godly wife, a godly husband? Anybody? Anything to add to all of those? That's a, that's a pretty impressive list, and it's also a little intimidating. Do you ladies feel a little bit uh, like, oh, no, how in the world am I ever going to live up to all of this? Well, I want to tell you, only in Christ can we be who we, God has called us to be. And it's, I don't think he wrote this out here to try and do this list that, you know, you have to be all this. It's just saying you're a godly person and you have the character of Christ in your heart. And that is the wisdom of God. If we walk in his wisdom, I believe you will be virtuous. You will have his character and you will desire to be a blessing to people. It is who you are as you walk in Christ to be all the things that you're called to be. So I'd like for us to pray tonight that God would help us, men and women, Uh, to be that virtuous person that God has called us to be. How many of you have learned anything from the book of Proverbs? And we can aspire to continue. You know, one thing a lot of people do is they try and read, you know, one chapter from Proverbs, one chapter from the book of Psalms. Every day is a great, uh, great lesson, a great thing to do every day. And, you know, you can, you know, it's interesting 31 days a lot of times in a month, 31 chapters, so you can read a chapter uh, every, every day in the month. be a great exercise to do because you never get too much of the wisdom of God. Amen? Once you stand to your feet, if your wife is here, if your husband is here, just kind of hold their hand because we want to bless them and pray for them. Father, we thank you tonight for every person here tonight, Lord. Thank you. Help us to be godly women, to be godly men, to to be virtuous in all that we do, Lord. And, Lord, we bless our mates. We speak blessings upon them. And thank you, Lord. I thank you for all the virtuous, godly women we have in this church and all the godly men in this church. Lord, I thank you for for you working in us. Uh, your character and your nature. And I ask you to help us, Lord, to be the kind of person that you've called us to be. Lord, help us to live a godly life. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.